and welcome to Jumpstart Weekly, the weekly manga podcast where every week we read all of the chapters on Viz's website of Shonen Jump, as well as another collected volume of, of manga. I'm your host, Jeremy, who has a frog in his throat all of a sudden. And I'm your host, Kevin. We read Dragon Ball Volume 4 this week because sometimes you gotta read the classics even if you don't like them. Yeah. It, it, this is arguably where Dragon Ball starts to pick up. There's still lots of bad in it, and weirdly a lot of stuff that does not come up again. Yeah. That you think would. But we will talk about that after Shonen Jump. I felt Shonen Jump this week was very strange in that it was incredibly feast or famine. There were a bunch of titles I usually love that I just did not care about at all this week. Fair. And then also some stuff that was genuinely really great. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally agree with that sentiment. So we will kick things up with My Hero Academia number 377. Here we go! Which I thought, I write down the chapter titles, obviously. Mm-hmm. I put an exclamation point at the end of this, and I'm like, that's not actually there, is it? And I double-checked. No, it's not. There are actually two exclamation points. There you go. What did you think of My Hero this week, Kevin? I'm liking where this is going. So we've got a little bit more, I guess, I'll call it world-building, even though like, it's just setting up the like setting right now, like how the city is going, so we have... Endeavor dealing with some people, and we're seeing the regular citizens being pissed off at the heroes, because they're like, it's all your fault that all this shit is happening. Yeah, this is one of those series that I just, like, I could not care about this week, because I feel like we already knew that. I, I get what you're saying, but I didn't feel like I earned learned any new information this week. The thing that really popped it up for me was the fact that we're going to be going into something interesting next week. Yeah, the cliffhanger's good, but... That panel is sweet. The chick with, like, the elbow sniper rifle. Yeah, and there's, like, a dead person next to her that looks like he doesn't have any arms. He might not be dead, but he definitely does not have arms. Yeah, he might be knocked out, he might be sleeping, like, he might be her partner or something, but he just, he's sitting there without arms, looks really cool, or I guess interesting. And also them talking about, I guess it's, it's not them, it's best genus talking about maybe... All for one isn't, yeah, speculating isn't going for rage. And they were like, well, or it's, they're trying to get Shigaraki to experience rage. And it's like, well, maybe he's, you know, a sociopath and so doesn't feel it. See, that's not how I read it, actually. I read it as it, he, they speculate that he needs to be angry to control one for all. Mm -hmm. I read that as all for one can't be angry at his brother. No, sorry. That's, that's what I was trying to convey that. I guess it's he can't be angry at his brother, like that makes sense, but they were also being like, he's always smiling all the time, so I got True. that as maybe, like, even though he's this, you know, horrible bad guy, it doesn't seem like he ever gets angry. Yeah, I guess even in his fight with All Might, he does not seem especially angry. Yeah, like, the, the one emotion he shows is disappointment. So yeah. maybe it is, he just can't get angry at his brother, but... That's definitely the case of like, eh, he's, you know, he's just, he's not angry enough, so they need rage to overcome one for all. Anything else you wanted to say about My Hero this week? Nah. That leads us to One Piece chapter 1012, Itch, which kind of got overhyped for me because people, I read on Friday, people were real excited about this chapter, and don't get me wrong, it's a very good chapter of One Piece. Oh yeah, I was super down. But it, it got a little overhyped. There's still a ton of good stuff going on there, mm-hmm. here, though. Uh, Cat Piper finds out that Prespero killed Pedro and is like, well, better go take that guy out. Yep. I also like that they were saying, oh yeah, Carrot fought him as well, but they're like, she was too angry, so that's why she lost. Yeah. Like, to even though we didn't get to see that fight, to at least give some context to it of why did he beat Carrot? I mean, not yeah. that, like, I could see Peroin beating Carrot, but... The fact that it was like, oh yeah, she was too angry to control her emotions, so that's why she lost. Yeah. Also, a funny joke about Zoro being wrapped up like a mummy. <laughs> which, is, which is awkwardly told, but it's the only way for the joke to land. So, yeah. I, I fully get it. I love that Laws like Sanji, uh, doctor this guy. And Sanji's like, you are the doctor, though. Please come back. <laughs> and he just has this like cross-shaped Zoro mummy on his yes. back now. I, I love that, that he was like, he splinted him, he followed the directions, was like, splint him up! And so he just, he just overwrapped him too much. Yeah. It's a very funny visual. Mm-hmm. 
I also do love that Sanji, he's like, where were you? He's like, on the roof fighting Luffy. He's like, ah, I'm surprised you found it. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. And then I also like, right before that scene ends, Zora's like, take me to the performance room. (laughs) And they're all like, don't demand where to go, then fall asleep. Also, Yamato found out that Luffy is 1v1ing his dad at roof. And he's like, ah, I better go help. Yep. Uh, that there are samurai here to protect Momo. So that could be pretty sweet. Yeah, I definitely love that they have that little gag of like, oh, here, I shall be a decoy. And Shinobu is just like, no, we can tell you just really want to fight somebody right now. Yeah. I have a feeling Yamato is going to get intercepted and end up oh, in a fight. I'm sure. I mean, he could end up at the top roof and then maybe his dad can be proud of him that would actually be excellent because the longer this arc goes the more kaido is just like the most reasonable human being a villain in one piece has ever been (laughs) yes he did put exploding collar on him but you'd be like oh he got out cool he's still like he's a good terrible father yes he supports his son's gender choices he wants the best for him genuinely yep he's just Way too damn extreme. <laughs> yes, exactly. And now he's in a good mood now that he's fighting Luffy. Maybe he'll be like, oh man, I'm sorry. I was just like in a real bad mood earlier. <laughs> it was a real dick move. I admit it. Anyway, it, it ends with Big Mom and Nami fighting up to fight Ulti because she hit a kid. Yeah. That's maybe the biggest reason I didn't think this chapter landed as much as it could is like when Nami gets goes into mother mode like that's something she's done before but it's never my favorite thing about her Mm -hmm. it's not nearly as good as that time that Ulti was like hey I'll leave you alone all you have to do is say Luffy will never be king of the pirates yeah I was like well god damn it (laughs) that's a way better Ulti versus Nami bit yeah of the two although I do love Big Mom being like I am going to kill you all next straw hats you just wait in line yeah. And I was like, no, I gotta fight this person with you, Big Mom. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I, I did like, yeah, go get her, Big Mom. You're next. You could do it, Ulti. Take Big Mom down. You're next. And then just being like, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was very good. Yeah, very good chapter. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it was overhyped. That doesn't mean it wasn't great. Yep. Next up, we have Candy Flurry Chapter 3, Iris Senpai. What did you think of Candy Flurry this week, Kevin? I like this new character, although I thought none of the reset people were sweets users. I mean, I did too, but this is it's obvious that there would be in the higher up. Like that's obviously the way the sort of manga works. Yeah. So we're establishing that in chapter three. Which is fine. Like that that threw me for just a small loop. I mean that's intentional. Yeah. They've set up the grading system of oh yeah, there's one, two, and three star agents. I like that this girl is both competent and incompetent at the same time. So I like this new character as well, and I like that trait, but I thought the fact that they kept repeating that gag to show it really, really wore. I mean, I definitely get it. I just, it it wasn't funny the first time. The first time I was just like, okay, this is her character trait. That makes sense. But it's not like, and then it later bites her in the butt or anything, or like Mm -hmm. they are able to take advantage of it to get past her. It just gets repeated as a joke. And I don't think it's funny any of the three times. Fair. So this chapter went a little lower for me, although I also do like the character. And like I said, I think this is the obvious chapter for Candy Flurry to do at this point. I I still think Candy Flurry has a ton of potential. So the fact that I've been a little down on it the last two weeks, like, don't read too much into that. Yeah, it's also still setting stuff up, so. Yeah. It just, it's not, it's first chapter, like first chapters usually are, much better than the next two. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't done anything that made me think, oh, this isn't going to be good. Yes, correct. It just also hasn't done anything to make me think, okay, yeah, this is what we need. Yeah. Other than having a female protagonist that I like. Mm-hmm. I would keep Candy Flurry around just for that, honestly. But uh, Jump t- can't really afford to do that. doesn't have that luxury. Yep. Sorry, I kind of cut you off there. So what else did you want to say about it? No, that's basically it. All right. Next, we have Mashal Magic and Muscles. Chapter 61, Mash Burn Dead and the Sonic Chase, which is a pretty good end to this fight. Again, yeah. I didn't like it nearly as much as the last big fight Mashal had, although it doesn't feel as climatic in that, like on purpose, doesn't feel as climatic as yes. I guess what I'm trying to say. That's not a criticism. That's clearly things are escalating now, and this is not the climax of the arc. Yeah, I do like that. I like 
Mash has added another friend because Marcone? Macron, yeah. Macron. It's like, I was just looking for somebody strong to maybe not necessarily like beat me, but somebody strong to play against. So, like, at, right at the end when he gets the fade, he's like, all right, that's it. I'm smitten. You've won. I mean, that is also how the last, like, arc villain like this went too, though. And he hasn't really been on Mash's side. He definitely could show up and be so, but I'm just saying that Mash is not really engaged with that trope much, even though you're right. Yeah, I'm expecting he might if they start fighting Innocent Zero. Like, Oh, certainly could. Mm-hmm. There's oh, uh, plenty of room for it. Yep. I'm just making an observation about the series. Yep. The bit that got me was when Mashal does a body faint and they explain it like it's a anime martial arts move. <laughs> this is pretty good. I actually don't have much more to say about it, though. Unfortunately, I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. a lot of fight scene. Yep. And then a, we're going in a draft, a, a huge raising the stakes, changing the setting cliffhanger. Yep. I feel like, I mean, and Dragon Ball did this too, so it's not even really Naruto's fault. But since the Chunin exams, I feel like most tournament arcs have this twist where they stop being a tournament arc midway through. And this one is more sudden than most of them and also doesn't land as well. But I think Ma- that's because of Mashal's comedy tone, and this is fine. Mm-hmm. There's not really more tournament arc to be had here anyway. We got all the meat off those bones. So let's transition into something else. Yeah. Was there even more of the tournament? This was just the first round, right? Of like the one-on-one fights, I thought. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. It's just clearly it's the climax fight. Yeah. <laughs> like, Mashal's not going to have trouble with anyone else. You could, well, maybe Lance. Mm-hmm. And you can have the other characters have fights, but, like, this is the climax. What? Let's skip past it, and then we can save Lance versus Mashal for a later thing. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to say on it? Nope. Next, we have Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin, Depth 41, Orpheus. What did you think of Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin this week, Kevin? I was kind of impressed by it. Uh, same. There's, I guess, I have some, like, small complaints, but I don't even really know how to put them into words. Okay. Like, I I found the last panel to be kind of confusing, but then I stared at it a while and figured out what was going on, and that made it cooler. Yeah, I think I figured out what's going on with it. Yeah, so so did I. It was just that, like, I feel like it lost impact because I had to stare at it for so long. But it also gained something by me having to really look at it and figure out what it was. Yeah, that like it has that kind of mystery aspect, which is nice. So, I don't think it's intentional. That was the thing. Fair, because I thought it was Seiwajima turning into like a shark person. When it's the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is Orpheus turning back into a human and like his jawbone from a dolphin melting off. Yeah, which is also wild to put in here because it's such a changing of the premise right maybe it's coming to an end or maybe it's just good shown and it feels like it is i mean this could very easily he could revert at the end of this arc still that happens all the time in shown and stuff like this yeah uh, but it feels like a huge deal here i think it will be because he mentions you know he has that line of i've been holding on to this power because of chaco yeah. like you know oh chaco did something that helped turn me into a dolphin and because she liked it, I've been a dolphin this whole time. Yeah. And so maybe at the end, she'll turn him back into a dolphin again. Could be. There's plenty of ways for it to go. It just it has a huge impact, which, like you yes. said, is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So the, that was cool. I actually li- I really liked the the bad guy's attack, the, you know, Tartarus zone or whatever. Yeah. The depth of the ocean, the pressure, the darkness. Yeah. It's basically hell. And then Orpheus being like, well, even my echolocation doesn't work. Uh, but then you also have the super shonen moment of Seiwajima just being like, oh, it's okay, I'll punch it. <laughs> and it works. Of course it does. It's shonen. Yes, I just... You I, know what I, magazine you're reading. Yes, uh, like I said, it's very good. Uh, he's stuck in a hell prison. There's nothing any human can do. Ah, bullshit. Ha! Ah! And you even get the villain like, hey, that's not possible. No, that's <laughs> always fun. Yes. So yeah, I also really enjoyed it. Like mm-hmm. I said, I have, I have some like small nitpick stuff of I feel like the chapter could hit someone else a lot harder than it hit me. But similar to the One Piece thing, it's not like oh this was bad or oh this I wish this I just wish the experience had been better. Fair. Anything else you want to say about it? No. Okay. Next up, we have Ayakashi Triangle Chapter Forty Three: Mother Daughter Time. <laughs> Which, again, is another one of those chapters that just, you know, I love Ayakashi Triangle, but this struck me as not nothing, 
Like, certainly we are setting up, like, a potential conflict that could come in the future. Yeah. But it didn't really seem like much happened this chapter, especially compared to last week. No, this is really just a lot of, hey, I wanted to draw sexy times, here we go. Yeah. Let's have a bath scene. Between between Matsuri and his mom. Yeah. Cool. Mature woman. Very curvy. It, it's fine, but like I said, it didn't really do a lot for me. Actually, like, just a bunch of the jokes got me. I I like the the jabs that the mom was getting in of the whole reason I was able to take over your wind is because you're not in control of yourself. And she's like using the fact that she's like, Hey, help wash me. And is just being like, see, look, you're being flustered by this shit. There's no way that you could protect Suzu. And he should be like, it's not my fault. I'm an Ayakashi triangle. (laughs) And I like the potential like villain setup of like, Oh, look at all these strong Ayakashi she has around her now. What if she becomes the villain? Like, that's a, I don't think that will happen, but like, that is an interesting image and food for thought. And the idea that her mom doesn't like Suzu because Matsuri chose her over her mom. Yes, that was great. But I also, I don't think if it was like, what if she becomes the villain? More of what if we're forced to antagonize her? Like, you know, because they are ninjas. So it's like, what if the ninja association has to deal with this? Yeah, yeah. And I think obviously Matsuri would side with them and not the Ninja Association, but... Yeah, but she she brings this up of like, you know, hey, what if her past reincarnation takes over a body and she's no longer Suzu? Yeah. You know, what if you have to deal with this situation? Like, these are things you need to think about. Yeah. But like you said, I think ultimately this is mostly an excuse to draw bath stuff. And yep. usually Ayakashi Triangle is more interesting than that. Because the jokes didn't really land for me is fair. also, I think, a problem. It, that's fair. Last but not least, we have Mission Yozakura family, Mission 81, Old Blood. What do you think of Mission Yozakura this week, Kevin? I like it, and I, there's a question mark there, because <laughs> yeah, I, I, feel think similar. It, I think it set up some really cool stuff, but I'm not sure if it set up some really cool, like, I don't yes. know if it was setting up some really cool stuff, or this was just like a weird trippy experience, because I have like a a sort of aha moment of like, ooh, this could be an interesting revelation, but if it turns out to not be, then it's just kind of like, oh, that was, that would be disappointing. It also feels like they should have accomplished this last week, right? Where yeah. I was like, oh, we don't need these flashbacks. No, these flashbacks are much more interesting, but it feels like they should have all been one chapter, mm-hmm. which is my biggest criticism of it, which is not Fair. this chapter's fault, because it sets up more, more interesting things, but it does get a little ding for that. Yeah, no, totally fair. So... I was on like on the fence of where to put this one. Same. It ended up very central for me because yep. of that. Yep. Anything else you want to say specifically about it? Nope. Alrighty. That will bring us right into jump card. Jump card is the segment where we rank everything in Shonen Jump, not just what we talk about every week, from our least favorite up to our favorite. I should note now that because Build King ended, we are going to be talking about Blue Box every week for the next month until we reset what we talk about. Yep. This is a good point to put about it up as any. So with that little business out of the way, what do you have at number 19, Kevin? Uh, I might get the numbers wrong because I actually ranked that uh, Chujin X. Oh, I didn't even thing. see a Choose Gen X. It, it came thing. out the day after Jump came out. So I didn't know gotcha. if it was... I don't know if it's a new monthly series. Yeah, almost. It looks like a new monthly, but it's it's got a weird timing. I didn't read it because I read Shining Jump the day it came out this week like a good boy. That's something I almost never do anymore. I was doing anyway. other things. So I have uh, Witch Watch down at 19. Oh, that low, huh? I also did not super care for this chapter of Witch Watch, but that's kind of a surprise to me. I, it just, it kind of, it felt like it came out of nowhere, and it, like, 
I don't want to criticize something for forcing me to read because I love reading. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that that that, pa- that page is terrible. I do remember that, and it went very low for that. And that's that's bad manga making, right? Yes. And it's super weird that none of the main characters are in this chapter. Basically, it, it's they're, all, they're it's right also at the end. Pointing pointed at us. Yeah, because. There is a degree to which I can't put Witch Watch that low when it's like th- this epi- this chapter of Witch Watch is this podcast, sort of to a degree. It's it's less critical, but it's it comes from the same place. Yeah, but I feel like I have never had the otaku shame, I guess, of like I watch anime and like while I don't, I mean, I I literally walk around with My Little Pony shirts on, yeah, sometimes. So it's like I don't. I don't care. I'm not trying to hide it. Now, I don't, you know, go up to everybody and be like, hey, I watch anime, but that's, like, not a great conversation starter, unless I also know they like to watch it. Like, oh, hey, I like watching it, but... Yeah. You know, I, I'm i much more like the artist character, who's like, well, I, you know, who who cares? I, I like it. I also think part of why this worked a little bit more for me, I, I agree with most of your criticisms, is that... That does become way more awkward to, for me when there's an age gap like that. Fair. Even though that's not really what this is about. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting you put it all the way at the bottom, although I think all those are fair critiques. I have high school family at the bottom. Okay. It, it's just a sports manga now yep. for a little bit. That It's super weird, but I didn't think it was a particularly good bit of sports manga either. No, it's not much higher for me. Uh, what do you have at 18? That's where I put I tell C. Okay. I have it a little higher this week. I think mostly because there's lots of stuff I didn't like, and I tell C had forward momentum. Yeah, I just I don't care, and I I understand this chapter didn't rope me in, so I'm just kind of like yeah. it's just down here. I got me and Roboco at 18. Fair. I think it's like another me and Roboco chapter that indulges in its worst vices of parody manga stuff. The only reason. But- it went okay, slightly I th- I th- higher for me. I think it's the joke that I, I was about to talk about. Sure, go, go ahead. You can go ahead. Oh, oh, oh the there's serious Ayakashi triangle energy in this room. Yes, <laughs> with the mom that, coming in, and yeah, uh, like, especially like, her joking about how, like, just like I was last week, getting finger blasted by her mom. How she comes in and she's like, Ayatri uh, seems to be getting a little dark. So yeah. that that is the only reason it went slightly higher for me because I did genuinely laugh at. I'm sensing Ayakashi vibes in this room. Yeah, no, it was it was that was a very good joke. It just to me did not outweigh all the groaners in it. Fair. Even though that was very funny. What do you have at seventeen? That's where I put high school family. Gotcha. You know, like you said, it's a sports manga chapter. I'm hoping like I'll start to like high school family if it settles into not like this being a uh not great sports manga thing, but like settling into slice of life with a little bit of comedy with the premise that all of the, the entire family is in high school and it like, stops I certainly being like this like, direction more. Yeah. It stops focusing on like, Oh my God, they're all in high school. And instead just like sets up regular, you know, regular bits that just happen to involve the fact that they're all in high school. Yeah. You know, like this one where it's like, well, that guy's 40. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. It, it, it's, they're just like, Oh, he might be their weak link. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it's just a sports manga. All of yep. a sudden. 17's where I got Undead Unluck. Okay. There are bits I like about Undead Unluck, but it's like with you and I tell C. I just don't care at this point. It really needs to rope me back in. I cared a little bit more, so it it went a little bit higher for me. What do you got at 16? That's where I have main Roboco. Like I said, the joke legitimately made me laugh, so. That's actually where I have the elusive samurai. That's fair. Mine's mine's not too much higher. It's obviously, it's not a clip episode. But it had super strong clip episode vibes to me. It just felt like nothing happened. Sort of. I felt like this is more like a transition with a flashback as opposed to... Yeah, and we to... do have the flashback to that other character, but like I was like, okay, who is this? I think I know who these people are, but I only have like a a vague feel of it. I think they're trying to set up that other character, too. Yeah. Like, hey, I... here's here's another person who might be Emperor. The drawing of the fight stuff is good, but like I said, it just like I said, it had clip episode vibes to me. Even though that's not what it is, it just felt like a total halting of forward momentum. Fair. What do you have at fifteen? That's where I had Maguchan. Okay. I did sort of like bits of this thing of Maguchan, but the weird 
like, I like the fact that Unreas went to go fight Muscar and, like, yeah. went all out, but it seems weird that she, like, had the ability to go all out, as weird I, as I, that sounds. I know what you're saying. I think she went as all out as she could, if that makes sense. Yeah. I also, I, I put it pretty high this week. That's fair. Because, like I said, a lot of stuff I just feel like didn't have their usual energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 15's where I got Witch Watch. Okay. All your arguments are correct. I just think, like, as someone who does this podcast, I can't put this wit- chapter of Witch Watch any lower than that. Fair. What do you have at 14? That's where I have Sakamoto Days. Okay. I don't have it too much higher. Yeah, it was still pretty good. Not amazing. This is the this is the start of my block where I'm just kind of, like, mostly indifferent to what happened. Yeah, I will say that where I put Sakamoto Days is also where I have that block, but I have a few things under it still. Fair. You know, like, I like the bit with Sakamoto being like, uh, it's a moving dinosaur. I need to give this to my daughter. Yeah. And eventually just being like, nah, dinosaurs need to stay still. That preserves the mystery. Fuck 100% completion. I just want to be done with this level. Yeah. But then the ending was just kind of very weird. I I thought the cliffhanger was kind of cool. but yeah, yes, yes, but just his introduction of, you know, like, Oh, the the rock in here wouldn't be able to do anything to iron, and I'm sitting there going like, "Well, maybe it would." <laughs> it it I, depends I, yeah. on what kind of rock. Like if you if she was trying to scratch it off with a piece of plaster, sure. But I'm also pretty sure she's strong enough if she's drunk to kick the bars open. <laughs> there is. That, to be fair, he probably doesn't know that though. Yeah, he's probably not like, "Hey, it's Chun Li. She can probably do that." Fourteen's <laughs> where I have my hero academia actually. I have very similar thoughts okay. on it in Elusive Samurai, where I just feel like there was no forward momentum. But the stuff about All for One put it a bit higher for me then. Yeah, mine mine went up a lot because of that stuff for All for One, but a lot for that ending panel with the kick-ass elbow sniper rifle. Yeah, and I think you like that a lot more than me, too. Uh, I like yep. it. I just I want this chapter to be about that and not what fair. it was about. Nope, totally fair. What do you have at 13? That's where I have Undead Unlock. I do like the sacrifice play that Shen makes, and I also like the uh, Shen being like, I need to go kill my master. And it's like, is that really what you want to do? Is that your number one priority? Or is your number one priority protecting this girl? And Andy being like, I'm not saying don't go for revenge. I'm just saying don't go for revenge if it's going to detract from your first objective. Yeah. I mean, it was fine. (laughs) Yeah. I think we feel very similarly about these series. I have I tell C at 13. Sure. Didn't love it, but I do like the end where the thief is like, oh man, hope that cute girl shows up. Uh, <laughs> and, and some of the, the twin stuff also kind of worked for me. Sure. Uh, what do you have at 12? That's where I have nine dragons. Okay. I thought it was pretty okay. You know, like, hey, we're going to add, like, I like the the support character they add, basically, and the catcher being like that's actually exactly who we need like he's the you know he's a hidden gem for the team because it's like yeah he's not the flashy star but he's actually super important he but gets on the, base so we can get him in yep but then the end confused me a little bit because i'm not super good with names uh so it was like hey i'm your rival let me in on this team too i was like which person is he talking to yeah yeah i had to double check it's the shortstop okay but i like that so that it was actually a plus for me. It's weird Fair. you talked about all the stuff I, I wanted to talk about, but I haven't much higher. Twelve's <laughs> where I put Sakamoto Days. Okay. I, I don't have anything to add. I just, I, I think there was more stuff I didn't like this week than you. Fair. What do you have at 11? That's where I have the Elusive Samurai. I agree with you. It's just kind of transition-y. But like you said, some of the fight scenes were really cool. And I like the moment with the young lord being like, you gave me all these people and I'm going to treasure them and maybe we can defeat the emperor. That's kind of, I think the difference is to me, that was just like the most generic thing. It could have been there. It felt like they needed to fill a page and we're like, he'll have him say a thing. Yeah, but it's, it's still got me a little bit. 11's where I put mission. Yozakura family. Okay. Like you said, I, I feel very neutral about it. They're potentially cool ideas, but I feel like, like I said, this should have happened last chapter. And mm-hmm. I am kind of excited for next chapter, but that doesn't do anything here. Totally fair. What do you have at 10? Oh, that's where I have Mission Yuzakura. That's where I put Black Clover. I'm curious how much higher you put Black Clover. Not a ton, 
mostly because I really liked a bunch of the other stuff. Gotcha. But this still had a really, you know, still had some really good moments. Yeah, I, you know, I talk about how Black Clover is a uh, paint-by-numbers shonen, but it, it it was good painting this week. Yep. A, a, a particularly good shonen moment. I don't know that I needed a whole chapter to explain this technique, but it's fine. I would prefer that to jumping around to someone else and having them do a thing. Mm-hmm. And me being like, okay. <laughs> Fair. We at least have a little focus. Mm-hmm. What do you have at number nine? My hero. Gotcha. Anything you want to say on it? Nothing that I haven't already said. Uh, that's where I put Candy Flurry. Okay. Like I said, the, like just central joke didn't work it for me at all. The character's fine. The forward momentum's fine. I hope Candy Flurry picks up, but like it hasn't. Again, it's it's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I want it to be good, and it's fine. Fair. What do you have at number eight? That's where I put Black Clover. Okay. I do like that punch at the the end with Magna. Like I kind of like the of the explanation of how you know this guy's like, yeah, I have peasant magic, so like I don't I don't have special magic. So they were going with yeah, but we can make spell arrays that like actually stick around. So while actual mages have much more flexibility, we can take the time to build something stronger. And so he came up with this, you know, one use spell, and I just I like that uh, shot at the end of him doing the the shadow boxing, dodge the attacks, and then just decking the guy into the ground. Yeah, like I said, it's it's pretty good paint by numbers. Mm-hmm. I have Ayakashi Triangle at eight. Okay. I, again, it just I felt like a lot of stuff this week. There just wasn't much to it. Fair. What do you have at number seven? That's where I have Mashal. Okay. Good fight scene. I like where we're going, so I enjoyed it. That's where I have Magu-chan. It ranked this high in large part because I think it was the comedy chapter where the jokes worked the best for me. Okay. Like Ayakashi Triangle, I wouldn't say is strictly a comedy series, mm-hmm. but the jokes didn't land, and so I was like, well, I can't put it above Magu-chan in that case. And I like the Urias fight, like you said. Yeah. What do you have at number six? That's where I have Candy Flurry. Okay. I like this new character. I'm excited for where the series is going to go. That's where I put Nine Dragons. Like I said, you talked about all the bits. I'm in a thing where I think we need to rush to get a baseball team together, and so I'm glad they only devoted one chapter to this guy, and we have another guy coming in right on his heels in the cliffhanger. Fair. What do you have at number five? That's where I have Ayakashi Triangle. I liked the jokes a lot. The sexy bits with the mom were just funny to me, and I really like the... You're letting yourself get too flustered. This is why you're not a good ninja. Yeah. Five is where I put Mashal. Okay. I think the fight was good. It has a lot to do with, I just think, everything below it was not great. Mashal is where we start to go from, uh, this is fine, to, oh, that was pretty good, actually. Gotcha. Oh, where do you have it? Number four. That's where I have blue box. Same. I wonder if our top four are the same. I don't think so, but I wonder. I liked blue box quite a bit this week. Yeah. It, it's really interesting. Are they setting up a love triangle or are they, is this just like slice of life stuff? Is this like a friendship between two people who are not the same gender or is it romantic feeling? It's, it's very interesting how subtle it is. Yeah. And the cliffhanger is really nice. So yeah, the ambiguity of it is really nice for the whole flow of the romance thing. So I'm really enjoying Blue Box right now. What do you have at number three? That's where I put Hardboiled Cop and Dolphin. I nodded. You can't see it. <laughs> like, you know, it was it was really good. It had that good impact. The The final panel, like you said, which took a little bit of time to figure out, still really cool. And I liked a lot of the moments out of it. Three is where I put One Piece. I do wonder if my uh, expectations of it are part of that, but I don't think so. I think the stuff above it just really rose above. Because it was an incredible One Piece this week. Like, uh, Mashal was fine. Blue Box was quite good. And One Piece is another pretty huge step up. Gotcha. But then it's got stuff that I thought was even better this week. Fair. What do you have at number two? That's where I put Dr. Stone. Okay. I thought Dr. Stone was a really good this week. All the stuff you talked about last week where it just didn't land for me, it super landed this week. Yeah. No. In addition I... to like just being really strong reinforcement of the Dr. Stone themes. Yeah. I really liked... You know, Sukiya talking for the statues to help combat her loneliness. And I really like the moment of, like, what Senko got in this? His pocket. Paper? That's useless. And she, like, puts it back. And then just before ultimate despair kicks in, she's like, wait a minute. Paper? 
You, you can, like, write and draw stuff on that shit. Yeah. This is where I put Hardboiled Cough and Dolphin. Sure. Real excitement for forward momentum. Like I said, this could be the last arc of Hardboiled Cough and Dolphin. I hope it's not, but it's got that strong shonen energy that I think you should always be chasing if yep. you're doing a shonen battle manga. Yep. What do you got at number one? I have one piece at number one. I just really liked a lot of the stuff in this chapter. The back and forth between Big Mom, Nami Usopp, and Ulti was pretty funny. The stuff with Cat Viper going to take out Peruin is cool. The jokes between Sanji and Zoro were funny. And I like the bit with Nami at the end of, you know, hey, you hit a kid. That's not cool. Even though I should run away, I'm not going to. Yeah. Like I said, I think it just got hurt because I have made me think of how much better the earlier Nami and Ulti conflict setup was. Fair. And, and like I said, that's a thing about Nami's character that just it doesn't play right to me. It, it's not the first time we've seen it, mm-hmm. but it just always feels weird to me that that's one of her character traits. It doesn't to me because I think like she got abused as a kid. Uh, that's true along so i think that's like a source of trauma and so like it really makes sense to me that like that's something that she latches onto. like i can't believe you would hit a child like you know it pissed me off when it happened to me i'm not gonna let it happen to anyone else fair once where i put dr stone just like the loneliness was super powerful and oh yeah no super great i did have a hard time between those two for me oh like i said my top three i thought all genuinely incredible and blue box not that far behind honestly yep all righty so that will do it for shonen jump this week we read dragon ball volume four and we'll talk about that after the break So we're in Volume 4 of Dragon Ball this week. Uh, Kevin, you're the one who hasn't read this before, so what were your thoughts? I liked it. You know, it's what I've come to associate with, like, Dragon Ball's silly tournament arc. Not necessarily the entire series' silliness in the tournament arc, but, like, specifically Dragon Ball. Uh, A bunch of the fights are, like, silly. This is a really interesting arc because it's the fighty arc, but it's the fighty arc where this is still a joke series. Yep. This arc is why it becomes what Dragon Ball ends up being, but it's still what Dragon Ball was mostly. Yeah. And, and sometimes those jokes are weird and intrusive. Like, I, I like the idea of the joke in the Krillin-Jackie Chun fight where they explain what they just did in the two seconds that went by super quick, but I feel like the joke goes on forever. Yeah, same. But I I do I do still like that joke of, wow, blink and you could miss it, and then it's oh yeah, well, this is what happened, and they like recreated in slow motion, and you're like, no, that that's not what happened at all. But I just, I love some of the silliness of it, of like, he spit on my fist, so I pulled back in disgust, and then he blew boogers at me. Yeah, see, that that's specifically what I did not like about that. I guess the gross-out humor is not what I like. I, I tend to like a more clever comedy. Fair. I Like, the one bit that got to me, it was when Master Roshi can now read people's minds. <laughs> 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 and he reads Namu's mind and like finds out his tra- he's genuinely not genuinely tragic, but his backstory about how he entered the tournament because he his uh, people are dying of thirst and he needs to buy water for them so they yep. can survive until the rainy season. And he just goes, "Ugh, don't know how we're gonna get jokes out of this." Yeah, I did like that as well. That little arc is good. It's a little nice little morality tale, and I feel like it's kind of the first one Dragon Ball has in a weird way. Yeah, I really like the resolution of that too. With yeah. Roshi just being like, oh, here, here's a, here's a capsule, and it's empty, you could probably fit a lot of water in there, and him being like, ah, you know, but I don't have any money to buy water, and Master Roshi's being like, ha, 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 having to buy water, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, have you, here, we're not in the desert, we have these things called taps. <laughs> I was a little surprised to see him at a well. I thought he was just going to take him to, uh, like, he was going to, like, yeah. open it up to a park, and there would just be a lake there, and he was like... like or a river, yeah. Yeah, like, ta-da! <laughs> yeah, but I quite like that little bit. I really like the Goku-Nomu fight. It's probably the most serious fight in here, 
Although we do get the start of Jackie Chan versus Goku, which is a pretty serious fight. Yes. Also, Goku's tail just grows back. Yep. Uh, so we start that trend nice and early. So he can use it as a helicopter to not fall out <laughs> of yes. the ring. Because this is still a comedy series, like I kind of said. It is interesting that not really any of the characters introduced in this tournament arc end up coming back. Nomu does show up one more time, mm-hmm. but he's not like a character people think about. I feel like a launch, the character Toriyama literally forgot about, gets more purchase in the minds of Dragon Ball fans than Nomu. Yeah. Also probably gets more screen time, though, so maybe that's not too big a surprise. Mm-hmm. Also, she's a woman, so, you know. And Toriyama never put those in his stories. We also get the first beam struggle that looks very similar to the more famous one he'll draw later, which is the first beam struggle in manga. So that's interesting. Yeah. And Jackie Chun, who is secretly Master Roshi, just beating all the main characters down. Yeah. Although I do like his. He goes into like why he's doing it to Nanu, Namu. Namu. Yeah, Namu. Being like, listen, you know, I wanted them to come in here and test their strength. They're stronger than everybody here. I don't want them to win the first tournament they enter and get a big head. Because Goku is 12. Yep. I was like, that is definitely something Goku would do. That is definitely something young Krillin would do. So he's like, I need to stomp them now so that they want to train harder to become stronger so that they can become the best martial artist ever. Yeah. It is good. It's also good from a more narrative view. I don't think Toriyama's thinking this because Shonen Battle manga has barely been invented at this point and Dragon mm-hmm. Ball isn't one of them. Yeah. But it shrinks the world in a way. We talked about Hunter Hunter. After Yu Yu Hakusho, that guy was so traumatized by how powerful his characters got. He was like, these are fucking C-rank guys and they're low C-rank. Yep. <laughs> they can destroy the world. So I have plenty of room to grow if I need. Yeah. This is a way of kind of shrinking the world back down with Master Roshi being the strongest martial artist, but he comes here and is like, okay, I'm going to beat these guys. They're super strong, but I will show them there's always someone else. Yeah. It's a way to prevent them from becoming the ultra powerful guys. And it creates Master Roshi as a yardstick for Goku that he's being measured against even in this arc because the final is between Goku and Jackie Chun. Yep. So Goku could overcome it and then he would be stronger than his master already. Yep. Although he wouldn't know that necessarily, thanks to trickery. Yamcha figures it out, but Jackie Chun kind of manages to misdirect by having Nomu help him in return for the water. Yep. Yeah, not a lot. It's weird because there are a lot of fights, but not a lot of them are notable, right? Goku fights a pterodactyl, and that's fine. It's more of Goku fights a, a Dragon Ball dragon. Yeah, okay, you're right. There's the Namu fights with a woman who uses the fact that she's a woman to try and win. Mm-hmm. And strip fights. Yep. But Nomu's like, oh no, I have a tragic backstory. I cannot be defeated by a joke. Well, I I also really like that he's like, I'll just stop thinking of a woman, and that's when she takes her clothes off, and he's like, okay, this is clearly not going to work. Uh, I know, if I don't look at you and just uh, fight by instincts, I'll just win that way. Yeah. Namu is weird because he could definitely be a Dragon Ball face character, right? He could have stuck around instead of Tien. Yep. Obviously, he does not. I think, honestly, some of that would be, like, at least from the perspective of his backstory, he wants to go back home. Yeah. So, like, why would he be hanging around with these guys? Ah, that's very true. Uh, and like I said, he does show up one more time. Yeah. And so maybe that's why I, I have that thought. It's just tournament arcs in general are a good place to set up new characters. It's something Toriyama does a lot and doesn't do here. This is in some ways the first tournament arc, but in other ways, Toriyama's copying himself from Dr. Slump, and arguably high school sports are a series have had tournament arcs for far longer. Yeah. So it kind of is and kind of isn't. And it's interesting that Jackie Chun versus Goku is the first like long fight here. It's multi-chapters. We get two or three of them in this volume, and yep. it does not resolve. Maybe because he had to get in all those Jackie Chan jokes with the <laughs> drunken fist and... Yep. It's like, oh man, I've got so much Jackie Chan's filmography left, and it's still only 1986. <laughs> I don't believe he Operation Condors anyone. That might be a 90s movie, though. Yeah, it's it's starting to take shape. There's still some pervy jokes. There's still some gross-out humor that I don't super love. But the fights are pretty good. 
it's got a nice forward momentum with this easy tournament structure mm-hmm. and it doesn't stick around too long. I think part of maybe the reason that tournament of arcs evolved in the way we talked about with Mashal, where they don't really resolve is that they got used more and more to introduce characters and be the spotlight point for your secondary cast. Yep. Which makes them drag out way long. And then, but whereas this is very breezy. So when we get to the climax, it feels like a climax. And yep. it's between Goku and his teacher, which adds stakes to it. And th- there's still questions of, are they going to figure out it's Master Roshi? Yep. But also at other times, sometimes they do resolve, like the uh, the My Hero tournament arc resolves. Yes, but also in a somewhat unsatisfying way, right? Yeah. Like that last fight is a forfeit, basically. The climax of that arc is Deku versus Shadow. Yeah. It, it doesn't get interrupted, so it do, it is more traditional in that sense. You're absolutely right. But it still is a little bit of a curveball. And also, in the manga, there are plenty of fights that are off screen that the anime fills in. Yeah, but it's still like, you know, the tournament actually gets resolved. Yes, that's true. And then De- and then Bakugo's like, I don't want this first place medal. Blah. Anything else you want to say on Dragon Ball? Nope. Alrighty, that just leaves us with personality power level. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? Personality power level at this segment where we rank characters from best to worst. At the very top is Naruto. We were just talking about that guy in his tournament arc from mm-hmm. Naruto. At the bottom is Koku, the worst Master Roshi from Flame of Rekka. Yep. Dead in the center, we have Red from Pokemon Adventures. I think Master Roshi is the obvious character to rank this week. What do you think, Kevin? Yeah. Uh, I don't think any of the Dragon Ball characters we have move because there are kind of... Krillin's very high. He ain't getting any higher. He's at number seven. Mm-hmm. Bulma's at 21, and that seems like the light spot for her. And Goku's a North Star for us. Yeah. I don't think he's a character that's ever going to get moved. So there's some good stuff about Master Roshi. We talked about liking his uh, motivation here. Mm-hmm. The Jackie Chun stuff is genuinely pretty funny. He is a character that makes Dragon Ball worse, though. Like, it's difficult to recommend Dragon Ball to people because of Master Roshi's in it. Yes and no. Like, I don't want to say specifically Master Roshi is the problem. It's the no, the jokes no. that he engenders, but... But he, I feel like he's attached to those. Yes, like, that is Master true. Master Roshi could not be in the manga and the tone would still probably be there. Yeah. But, like, for that reason, I think he goes below our... Second from the bottom list of character, that guy who's not Yamcha from that time I got reincarnated as Yamcha, because he doesn't make that series worse, right? He just fails. He's almost fair. completely neutral. Fair. Yeah, so that's I th- fair. I think I think he goes right above Koku because Master Roshi has upside at least. Yes, he does. Especially when they like when Dragon Ball really starts transitioning to not being the pervy nonsense that it is. And he's had some pretty decent moments in Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super. Dragon Ball Super, I don't think we should count because it's not manga, but she, he does get some moments there. I don't really think he does anything in Dragon Ball Z. The early, the King Piccolo arc is kind of where that transition actually is. Like, it's still Dragon Ball the anime, but it feels like Dragon Ball Z. And yeah. Master Roshi definitely has some good stuff there. I guess that's what I was thinking of. Uh, but I feel like when the series becomes more serious, Master Roshi kind of goes by the wayside. He does. Part of that is that they outscale him. Yeah. But Master Roshi will go at number 118, below that guy who's not Yamcha, and above Koku, which will do it for this week. Mm-hmm. Join us next week when we will be reading Full Metal Alchemist, a very popular shonen manga that we have not touched. Which, I don't remember if you... You talked to me about it last week, where you think of Full Metal as more of an anime than a manga, even though it totally was a manga. But, like, oh, I yeah. understand that. I, I think that's a me thing. Yeah. Which is why I, I probably didn't bring it up on the podcast, because I don't know that I think it's a super interesting general point about it. But it it's one of those anime that your, your mom might have seen, so to speak. Probably not because it was on Adult Swim, but it's that popular. Yeah. Well, it was just, like, it was weird when I was, like, yeah, shonen manga. We haven't done Full Metal Alchemist. How have we not, like, I love Full Metal Alchemist. How have we not done this yet? It was a incorrect answer in, an, or in a Jackbox game I played at my brother's wedding. Oh. Yeah, it was which of these which of these anime is about giant creatures attacking a walled city? <laughs> Choices were Full Metal Alchemist, Cowboy Bebop, Attack on Titan, or Sailor Moon. <laughs> but yeah, we will read Full Metal next week. Until then, our opening theme is Fighting Against One's Will by Madera Machine. Our closing theme is A Psychic Fistfight by Tom W. Emeritt. Other music on the show is by Spectacular Sound Productions, and our album art is by Kate Wind on DeviantArt.
www.lastpodcast.com is our website where you can check out my other shows like It's a Gundam, where we are torturing ourselves by watching Gundam Build Divers. And we're in the final arc, which is actually an arc, so maybe you want to hear about that. Maybe you want to hear about how this MMO that accidentally created a sentient life form, but then the board of directors were like, oh, it's going to cost us money to keep her running. Just kill her. Anything you want to plug, Kevin? So I've recently, I've been watching it since it came out, but uh, I want to plug Tokyo Revengers, which is a time travel mystery thing similar to if you've ever seen Erased, which I absolutely loved. Uh, this has it, not similar vibes, but a similar premise. And is just as exciting because you've got this like the kid travels back into time because he's trying to save somebody. Is he going to be able to do it? It's just really cool. So it's something I think that if you guys like this podcast should check out. Alrighty, We will see you all next week unless you're a time traveler. And then who knows? Gotta stop, don't you know, subliminal.